You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Ghost Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not much. I'm ready for It's question day. I love question day. We get to interact too. with the fans. We get a lot of great questions from guys uh, and, and, and girls. Sometimes we get, we get the ladies in, even though sure. we're, we're you know, clearly not very popular with them, just like in real life, too. And, uh, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just, it's just like the best way to kind of get the thought process flowing because it, you know, it gets really stale when you're just kind of following the news cycle and just talking about what everyone right. else is talking about. Right. Um, so our, we probably need to discuss this first because this is what a lot of people are asking about. Uh, they're asking about Tyrone Crawford. Now, Lane, I'm not sure if you saw this because you're on the West Coast and news Ooh, happens real early no. here on the East Coast. Uh, but it was uh, announced that Tyrone Crawford was charged with uh, unlawful assembly, which is a misdemeanor crime. Um, it, it's it's nothing super big. It's not. It doesn't sound like he's going to have jail time or anything like that. But some people are wondering about, you know, what happens if he's suspended? How big of a loss would it be, Landon? This is what I'm going to ask you. If Tyrone Crawford's out for, let's say, one or two games, how big of a loss to the defensive line is it? Well, it certainly isn't the loss that it it would have been last season. I think. I mean, I, um, uh, I, I think, think it's great, great point. Yeah. I think with with the especially specifically the additions of Robert Quinn and Tristan Hill. I mean, you just have uh, that many more bodies at the spot, um, and you know, I, I I can't remember exactly what the you know what the rules are, but I'm pretty sure that this could actually help the Cowboys. I, if I, I'm, I, exactly what I was going to say. You continue your that, thoughts. I, I you, agree. you get an extra roster. It's like it's like basically having an extra roster spot for the first two weeks, because right. you know, or at least you get an extension on a guy um, for you know, like like Joe Jackson, for like, example. Yeah, like he, if Joe Jackson, like, it's like you get him for camp. two more weeks because right. because you don't have to cut. You, you get that extra spot, and then when Tyrone Crawford comes off suspension, then you've got to make a decision. But at that point, you've already made the decision two weeks after rosters have been settled, and so what that means is that if the guy gets cut, um, he probably has a much better chance, I would think, to make it onto your practice squad because everyone's practice squads are kind of already set up like that. So, uh, y- look, y- you do you miss out on having uh, Tyron Crawford for the first two weeks? I'm sure, yes, absolutely, and his play is valuable. But if you can survive that, then I think that there is some value here because of exactly what I just said. I think the chances of getting an extra little look at some guy for two weeks would be really useful. All right, so I am one of the biggest Tyrone Crawford fans there is out there. I think he's he's criminally underrated. I don't think people give him enough credit. But I'm going to see if I can try to make some sense of this really quickly. Tell me if this just sounds ridiculous. But I feel like Tyrone Crawford's value to the Cowboys is more 
He's more valuable long-term than in the short-term, right? You can replace him pretty easily, especially at the beginning of the season for one or two games. But his value for me comes in throughout the course of the season. If if a Malik Collins goes down, he can slide into three technique. If a Demarcus Lawrence goes down, he can slide over to left defensive end. But if you're talking about the first one or two games, they're going to miss him, but it's not going to be probably the difference in them winning or losing a game, right? They're not going to have to redo their game plan for those games in order to accommodate for him. He's right. a valuable piece as a hardworking vet type who will give you production because he'll outwork some other dude. But it, it, missing him for two games, it's not like missing Demarcus Lawrence for two games. You know, well, it's And that's like, a good thing that you brought up, though, because there's a chance— the Lawrence might not be ready for week one or two either, right? If Lawrence isn't back from his shoulder injury and you're without Crawford, that could be a problem then, right? Sure, yeah. I mean, I think at that point there's, you know, you you, you have kind of reached the point of lack of tolerance and you've lost too, too much talent there. But I, I, w- I would be surprised if, if, if he misses week one or two. I, I feel like he, he will be back by then. I, I, I think so too. We got, what, almost – four months until we're yeah. back at that point. Yeah. I think we'll be okay. Um, all right, let's play a little game, Landon. Are you ready? Let's play a let's game of walk, so let go, sign, or tag. And our three players are Ezekiel Elliott, Byron Jones, and Lyle Collins. Which one are you letting walk? Which one are you tagging? And which one are you signing? Ooh, that's a that's a fun game. Let's see. Walk, sign, or tag. See, the, the problem here is that you have to do one of each. Like, like mm-hmm. you know, the, the issue is that I, I could probably be okay with signing two of these guys and letting a third guy walk, or you know, any a combination of double doubling up on on any, any one of them, but tagging. Um, if I'm having to do all these, uh, if I'm ha- you know, I'll explain my thought process. To me, it would be. Walk, uh, walk Collins, sign Jones, tag Zeke, because I th- I think if you have to throw the tag, if you have to use the tag in there, the tag for the running back spot is going to be a lot less than it would be for the cornerback spot, and uh, I, you know I tend to think that it's probably more likely that that Jones and Collins both walk. Um, I think that's fair, and, yeah. And that Zeke signs, but I also think uh, there is an outside chance that maybe they find a way, if, if they can get all some of these other guys signed early enough, they find a way to uh, to fit Jones in there. Uh, but really, I'm just putting Zeke in, in the tag because I feel like that's the most palatable uh, franchise tag option. Man, this one's tough. <laughs> I, I've, I've debated with myself a bunch on this one. Uh, I think the easy one is I'm signing Byron Jones because it's just hard to find good corners. And then do I want to tag Ezekiel Elliott at, what, 12, 13 this million is, This year? is very difficult for you personally. Like, because, I know, because it is. You've got, I know, you've got I, years I, of takes <laughs> to, that you are slave to at this point. That you've you've got to you have to give deference to, so I, I I think it makes the most sense to tag Zeke. That way he gets paid what his his five years on his rookie deal plus the fifth year option plus what two, maybe two years of a tag. He still gets a hefty chunk of money. The Cowboys aren't forced to give him a ton of guaranteed money long term. I think that makes sense. 
Although I hate seeing Lyle walk. I, I, again, he's one other player that I think is always underrated. So uh, that one's tricky, but I'll go. Letting Lyle walk is, is, is about, is a, is not about like, Oh, that's not, you know, we don't want this guy or, you know, anything it's like the that. Guys it's the guys behind him. Yes. Yeah. It's that you feel good about the guys behind him. You know, that Lyle's earned a big payday. He's going to go get his big payday. I think it's more just the idea that we've resigned to the fact that, but we can't resign him. Well, if you, and if you're think, trying to think like light years ahead of everything, uh, Lyle, letting Lyle walk probably gives you the best chance of recouping a compensatory pick, right? Oh sure, yeah. I mean, there's look, like, there's all kinds of reasons to let Lyle walk. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I I even would say, uh, look, he's gonna go get his money, but I I I would not pay. Even if we had the money, I wouldn't pay. I don't think what he's gonna get. I right, like so Lyle Collins a lot. I'm looking at a guy like Trent Brown. I yeah. don't think there's a massive difference between Trent Brown and Lyle Collins. I think, I think Brown's probably a little better. But I think Collins might be a little bit more reliable and a little bit more flexible in what he can do because he can play guard as well. But Trent Can Brown, Trent Brown, you know, <laughs> Trent Brown got seventy million over four years. It, it, it wouldn't be a shock if Lyle got something similar to that in the next what next offseason. I just think well, you know offensive line talent uh, in any form. Uh, you know, is basically going to be overpaid in the, once it hits the market. And so, I mean, as soon as it does, as soon as it hits the market, it, it's it's bound to get overpaid. So, right. yeah, I, I think I that, that I think that's that's the case with with Lyle Collins, and and, and I, I wish him good luck. But we'll keep developing guys. I think. So I like to give you little questions that I know that you're interested to keep you engaged into the oh show. Oh boy! And here's one for you. Are you ready? Yes. Willie wants to know, do you think Jalen Guyton can make the team and become a mm, major contributor? Mm, mm, I like this. I like <laughs> these words that you've strung together. Willie? Uh, it was it Willie. So it is. Yeah. Uh, um, it's your pet cat. Yeah, you can just tell the people yeah, that's your favorite player yeah, on the team. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I kind of do. I think, like, I, listen, I think the kind of guy that comes in through undrafted free agency it's it's you see guys that are are kind of uh, polished but not athletic or uber athletic um, and like look like a a, a, a baby deer trying to run sure. routes like you know like I think Guyton is a guy who is definitely supposed to be in that latter category. Like the 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 sure. more athletic than receiver type, but the thing is, is that this dude has been playing. It's like the difference between this guy and a lot of other guys that you would normally draft at this spot with his athleticism is that this guy has been playing wide receiver this whole time. You know, he had some setbacks, he's had some issues, but there's a reason that he was a high recruit coming out of high school, um, and there's a reason that uh, you know he went to Notre Dame, and and I, I think. You know, he had. I think as long as those off-field issues are settled, this guy still has a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of room between him and the ceiling, and uh, and I think with his athleticism, uh, his you you don't see the the kind of athlete that he is at the wide receiver position that is 
as natural as a wide receiver as he is, he, he definitely has a long way to go. He's got to learn a whole bunch of stuff, and 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 he's got to get his technique cleaned up. But we're talking about cleaning up technique. We're not talking about rebuilding his game like we right. are with like a Rico Gathers or I mean even like a guy like Miles Austin. Like think about Miles Austin as an undrafted free agent. He's one of the last great wide receivers that came out of the undrafted free agent class, right? I mean, we, we've kind of seen some of these guys come and go, and they've fallen into one of the different varieties. The guys that, you know, I think have the best chance of making it are either, you know, the athlete guys that are willing to work hard to, uh, to, to refine their game enough to get into a game and, and you know, make, make, a, make a splash, or, or the guys that, that kind of fall through the cracks. Like, you know, I, I thought Noah Brown could have been that guy. And maybe he still can be because I, I like sure. guys like that where, you know, he was at Ohio State where he was buried in a depth chart. That doesn't mean he wasn't talented because there's talent everywhere. So you know, he's a guy that kind of got, got forgotten. Guyton is a guy who, you know, when you're talking about pure athletes coming out, his graduating class, he was one of the very top. He's, he's had a rough go of it along the way. His, it's not been a linear path for him, but that athleticism, that knowledge of, of how to control his body, of naturally how to play the position, that never really went away. So if you can just refine his techniques, I mean, the athleticism is absolutely there. He's show, I think he's shown enough as a playmaker that, that, that he can do that stuff. Uh, and I think he, he his athleticism shows that he belongs. It's really just about his level of hard work and, and his level of, of getting after the, the details. And if you've listened to this guy in an interview, uh, I'm, I'm buying on this guy. How much fun is the combination of Mike White and Jalen Guyton and John Vea Johnson going to be like in the first preseason game when we, we get to see those guys for like an entire half? I mean, it's going to be just, a blast. It's crazy that like the. It's going to be nuts that what we're going to be able to put out there for that first preseason game. That's all. That's all. I guess I'll say is that from offensive line to wide receivers oh, to yeah. you know, I, I I just like even without our first team out there, we're going to have quite a group of of players out there at a, a certain selection of positions. Someday we need to go back and do like our favorite preseason players that never did anything in the NFL, like guys yeah. that we just love to watch in the preseason. Because uh, I oh, have a I whole miss, bunch of them that I'd I like miss to you, Raymond Radaway. Right <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember Kenyon Rambo? Of course, I remember Kenyon yeah. Rambo. Yeah, Kenyon Rambo was totally. one of my favorites. Like, he had a big game against the Saints. I think it was in the Hall of Fame game. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll have to do that show sometime. It, just just for the nerds out there. Mm. Um, all right, our next question comes from Mike. Uh, who is the vet on the chopping blocks that we're maybe not thinking about? Uh, last year, we were surprised with Dan Bailey getting cut. You know, right at the you know that first weekend in September. Who is the guy that maybe could be on the way out, you know, before the 2019 season begins? What if it was Cameron Fleming? Because oh, That's interesting. Because what if they really, really do end up liking Connor McGovern a lot? Well, I was going to do, what if it's Joe Looney? Well, I, I, I can't imagine Looney getting cut. Like I just you know what I'm saying? Well, maybe like, maybe not getting cut, but maybe getting traded for like a conditional sixth or seventh round. See that I could see, but but not I can't imagine getting cut. And see, I wouldn't take a conditional sixth or seventh for Looney. Absolutely not. Yeah, but what if you're just going to cut him anyways? What if what if the goal is to have McGovern active? I'd rather take. I'd rather have him because I think if Looney stays around on your team, 
he's going to go and sign where he'll get you a comp pick at some point. If, if, if I would rather, I think I think you can get more out of a comp pick out of holding and holding on to him than trading him for a conditional sixth. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if I yeah, hold I on to fair. him. If I hold on to him, let him get out and like finish out through his contract, and then he goes and signs, then I get a year of good backup. Plus, I also get a comp pick at at the end of all this, and I think probably better than a six round pick. So, um, yeah, I, I would. That's why I would say someone like Fleming would more be more likely because I don't know that you know he's gonna get. I mean, maybe you could consider trading him, but like for something that might be someone that I could see like flipping a sixth or something like four you know but um yeah i I wouldn't be surprised just at some of these positions that you know there's there's veteran depth um i you know it 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 wouldn't be surprised to see if they decide to you know Tavon austin i think could be another guy Mm. is uh, just like you know because there's so much there's so many bodies there that you know maybe that maybe they don't they can't afford or any of the maybe hearns you know i mean like austin's more surprising that's why i say that but I think that you know any of these veteran guys that cost them money that are at positions where they have a lot of depth. I think that you know if they have a bad camp, it it, it could be a short camp. All right, so I was going to say Taco, but I think everybody who is a smart football fan kind of knows that if Taco doesn't have a big camp, he could be on his way out. Uh, I've sure. got two guys. Um, one is somebody that we actually signed this season, and then another is somebody that we drafted not too long ago. Uh, it wouldn't shock me to see George Iloka not make the team, especially if someone like Donovan Wilson came in and looked competent enough. If they would just rather continue to develop Donovan Wilson, they feel like he's a better special teamer right now. It, it wouldn't shock me to see the Cowboys continue to go into next season with Xavier Woods and Jeff Heath and then keep some young guys on the roster. Uh, that wouldn't be shocking. Jordan Lewis is another. Now, I don't necessarily think they would outright cut him. They probably would trade him for a late conditional pick. But if the Cowboys are really going, you know, right into this, having everybody be these long athletic cornerbacks, there's just not really a spot on the roster for Jordan Lewis, even despite playing pretty well when he's out there. Could they decide to keep somebody like Donovan Alumba or Michael Jackson over him? I think that's I think it's possible, and I think other teams around the league would see the value in Jordan Lewis. So, those are just two guys that I I, I could see the Cowboys moving on from. Any thoughts on either of those two? Yeah, I mean, I think the thought process of Jordan Lewis potentially getting oh, excuse me, water went down the wrong pipe. <laughs> potentially getting uh, you know cut or or traded, uh, you know, that's something we've kind of bantied about you know all off season, and frankly a lot of last season too just because you know he, he's one of these guys who uh is not a, a great fit as a uh as a as a as a play, defensive back in this system mm-hmm. with with chris richard you know just because he's a little bit smaller um so you know but he's a good player i mean that's the thing about it, is that i think we can all recognize that he's a good player and that um, and that he has probably has value to somebody. So yeah, but I mean at the same time, you know, as you look at it now, the Cowboys have a lot of you know they have a lot of players at that position, and and, and yep. it clearly uh, they, you know, they they have a type that they're that they're you know building towards. And I think you know Broadus or whoever it was mentioned it said it best. I mean. When you go out there on uh, on Monday and the the rookies are the vets join the rookies in practice, 
there's going to be one guy who really kind of stands out in that in that cornerback group, and it's going to mm-hmm. be Jordan Lewis, and 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 because he's you know just significantly smaller than everybody else. So right. the question is, can you get something for him? I, I really would be very very surprised again if they just cut him. Like I I, I can't imagine them not. Either getting something for him, or doing if a they pick don't, swap or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and if, they, if they don't, then just hold on to him. Yeah. Honestly, because he doesn't cost you really much of anything. No, he's a good body. He can do what you're asking him, and he's a good player. You can find can a role for him. Yep. Yeah, I mean, so uh, I would again. I, I'm not trying to cut or flip good players, even if they're not you know perfect fits. Uh, and uh, he may not be in your future plans, but he's a cheap player with who's a good player so you don't get you don't get rid of those guys necessarily i think i think you likely just try to find a way to work him in your system or you get value from from him by trading him it's also worth noting that anthony brown is going to be a free agent after the year so is byron jones because you could hold on to him just to be your slot corner you know for for 2020 a cheap year and you know maybe you just continue to throw picks at the position keep it a cheap spot on your team and then continue to pick up the comp picks. I, I, I don't think that's a terrible strategy for the Cowboys either. Um, all right, let's go ahead and get to some more questions. Um, I liked this question from Mr. Carter. Uh, let's assume that Demarcus Lawrence and Tyrone Crawford are out for week one. What is the ideal four-man starting defensive line at that point? So we're missing both Crawford and uh, Lawrence. Um, you know, whoever that third defensive end is going to be, I mean, I think it's, I think you're going to look at Armstrong. We'll, we'll see what ta- what Taco has got for us this off season. Um, you know, it, you're you're talking more about the left defensive end spot, so that's that really won't be as difficult, I think, to um, to to fill because I think you've got Quinn on the other side. He can do your right defensive end stuff. You can rotate in um, Armstrong or Taco with him on that side. And then on the other side, yeah, I think it would it, it would be between probably Taco or Armstrong. We'll see how Joe Jackson uh, plays out. Um, and I think that like you know those are probably the guys that are the ones who will get the starter role. But I would think that it would just be a, a more heavy rotation at those spots, likely. So you're thinking Collins and Woods as your starters at defense tackle, and then Quinn and Taco at defensive end? Yeah, probably. Or, or Quinn and Armstrong, maybe. Yeah, I, I think I would go Quinn and Randy Gregory. I think that's my, my idea. Well, if Gre- yeah, I, mean, I, well, I, <laughs> I look, I didn't know Gregory was an option. But if Gregory's well, an option, no, all kidding option. aside, which he may be. He may be. I mean, who knows at this point. Maybe. Uh, if he is, then I think, yeah, likely what you do is you might even play Quinn on the left side uh, if he, if, if he yeah, can do that. And you play, and play Gregory, some on the right side, and just move everybody around. All right, this is our last question from Joe. Uh, with Michael Jackson coming into the fold as a boundary cornerback, is there any chance that we see more of Chidobia Wuzier at safety, not as a full-time role, but maybe in spots? Um... You know, I, I I don't know. Like maybe um, I I don't, I, I I don't want to move Chidobi. He's good. Leave him yeah. on that side. Uh, I I think that likely they will keep him on that side, and they just uh, I think that you know really Michael is probably more a play for next season, right? Yeah. Like I I think that you know they they wanted to come in. 
get him a season to uh, get acclimated, and then when you lose some of your defensive back players uh, next year, uh, he's going to be one of the guys to step in. He could be your third corner probably next year. So uh, I, I, I don't know that I'm doing anything with Chidobe because I drafted Michael Jackson in the f- fifth or sixth round or whatever it was. I know there's people out there that still think that. Fourth round. Yeah, I think there's people out there that believe that Michael Jackson could even be a potential safety guy down the road because he is long. He's got athleticism. Sure. Um, well, we'll see what happens. I, I think it's at least something to to remember because they, they really like that kid from A and M though. They really like him a lot. It sounds like. Well, I'm you saying I, I think Michael Jackson's got good size. He's almost sure. six one, two hundred and ten pounds. Like that's sure. No, yeah. He's got he's, a better he's similar, body. For he's similar sized as that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they do like Donovan Wilson a lot. And that's a guy that I'm excited to see in the preseason because just from everybody I talked to, when he's healthy and he's right, you know, that's a guy that very well could have been a day two pick. He's just kind of battled some injuries over the last couple of years. So I'm curious to see what he looks like with a. Now, I think he's a full year removed from his ACL injury. He's um, got a lot of talent. And that's why I'm not, I'm not 100% convinced. Someone like George Iloka is a lock to make the roster because if Donovan Wilson shows out and can sure. in the preseason, it wouldn't shock me if they decided to keep the younger, cheaper player. Uh, that's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Lockdown Cowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you guys next time.